You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26er family, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and for this installment of our limited series, The Check-In, Jude Bernard from episode 49 returns to the show. Jude is a real estate investor, philanthropist, and owner of the Brooklyn Bank, the event venue where we filmed our one-year anniversary dinner. In other words, he's heavily involved in three areas that have been significantly impacted by this past year. But Jude also survived the Great Recession, and he's approached the challenges resulting from the pandemic with the same resilience. First and foremost, he did something a lot of event spaces refused to do. He returned deposits, and he didn't scale back on his community work. He actually doubled down. While many have been aggressively investing in the real estate market, Jude has used this past year to further diversify his portfolio by focusing on such areas as cryptocurrency. Although he's had to pivot financially, what remains constant is Jude's commitment to maintaining a strong network and putting his reputation before financial gain. So without further ado, please enjoy. Jude, welcome back to the December 26th podcast. How are you? I am great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to see you. I think this is like special for me just because the Brooklyn Bank is a part of our history and you're a part of our history. Um, so I'm excited to catch up on on what you've been up to in these last couple of years. December 26th alumni. <laughs> yes, you are. You are part of the family. Um, so I looked back to remember when your episode was, and it was episode 49, like which is crazy because I didn't realize it was that long ago. But then it makes sense because we were celebrating at the time our one year anniversary, and we're now you know deep into our third year into 170 something for episodes. Um, So that's back when we met you and we met you and we recorded with you the same day that we recorded our one year anniversary dinner in the Brooklyn Bank. So as you know, these episodes have been all about what people have been up to since then. And I'm particularly curious with you because you own an event space, a beautiful event Mm -hmm. space You've been involved in the community and you've been involved in real estate, you know, before COVID and before all the things that have happened in the last year. So all of those areas, community work, being someone who has an event space and being involved in real estate, hot topics in terms of the economic downturn that we've had. Our dollar. <laughs> yes. Everything shutting down and the real estate market going crazy. So, but before we get into all of that, Just talk to me about how your life started to evolve from 2018, you know, end of 2018, 2019. How were things going for you? You know, um, typical, typical, just like everybody else. I have my ups and my downs, good days and bad days, um, wins and losses. You know, Um, I try to I try my best to every day start the morning as a new slate and um, take it take it day by day. one thing that I haven't been doing is I have not been doing acquisitions. You know, that's that used to be a major part of my, you know, my shtick is, you know, that was always out there buying properties. Um, New York, New York has been a very tough place um, in light of COVID. Very, you know, um, and the market has been fluctuating up and down and, and try, trying to find those deals just have, just have not been winning at that. So um, I have a few properties that I liquidated. I have 
what else? What else has been going on with me? Obviously, I liquidated. I have properties that I finished. Uh, I moved to Brooklyn, you know, so so now I'm really repping Brooklyn, you know, really repping Brooklyn as if I wasn't before. So um, I can't tell the politicians anymore. That I don't even live here. <laughs> when they try to shake me down, I don't even live here. <laughs> but um, so that's one thing. Um, community work wise, like I, I, I took it to another level in light of COVID. You know, we were feeding people, teaching people, um, all kinds of stuff. The, the Brooklyn Bank had shut down as, as an event space, but it became a community hub. Um, more so like during COVID, like we, we partnered up with Fresh Direct. Um, we were doing, we were doing um, all kinds of things virtually with schools. Um, and I guess we'll delve into that a little deeper. Uh, what else is, what else has been going on? Uh, real estate slowed down, stock market took off, you know? So, um, you know, gotta keep, keep it moving. Like when, when the real estate money slowed down and the event-based money slowed down, my bills didn't slow down. So, right. So I had to, to figure out how to, how to keep, keep the money coming in. Um, I ended up going into the stock market. I ended up learning about cryptocurrency. Um, and I go on for days. You know? Yes. So, so let's, let's talk about, um, the event space first, Okay. because you, have this amazing property. If, if people want to hear the story of how you acquired it and, and turned it into this space, they can go back to the last episode uh, that we did with you. Um, but what were you thinking? Like March 2020, this time last, a little bit earlier last year, what were you thinking? Watching the news, seeing where things were headed? Um, I was thinking that things were going to slow down for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I had a lot of bookings set up. So the first thing, the first thing that I tried to do is I tried to, um, you know, push push events back. Uh, but you know, as a month went by, two months went by, people started becoming very agitated, and they, you know, um, just just the nature of the beast. You know, people couldn't have their events. You know, you can't you can't push a baby shower back. Right. <laughs> you can't push a, a graduation party back, you know, things like that. So what ended up happening is that I made the personal decision um, that I gave everybody their money back, you know, um, which in my contract, it said that I didn't have to, um, you know, it was, it was an act of God, which I, which I have that in my contract, any acts of God, um, natural disasters or, or anything like that. But I literally had to give back, you know, six figures in deposits that I had for people. And um, I think I was the, I'm probably the only, the only event space that actually gave people their money back. Um, and I did that because the Brooklyn Bank is, is not necessarily an event space, right? So I did not want to um, have any, I didn't want to have anybody out there with, with bad, with, with bad um, feelings like, oh, I lost my money or X, Y, Z. So I, I made the decision, I made the decision to give everybody their money back. Like people who had events booked from, from March to um, March to December, um, actually from March to, to like January, I ended up giving back, um, I think it was like $160,000. Yeah. So and- let's talk about that because 
And the for I'll give a little legal lesson. The the clause that you're talking about is a force majeure clause, right? Which most contracts have them. If you savvy, you have it that there is something that is outside of your control, a strike, like you said, an act of God, natural disaster, all those things. Now pandemic, people are actually putting the word pandemic in agreements. You're off the hook, right? You don't you don't have to deliver, you can't, you don't have to refund, all those things. You chose to do that, but there are a lot of businesses and enterprises, even those that are pulling in that kind of money who are really living hand to mouth and flying from one contract to the next and robbing Peter to pay Paul. So from a financial perspective, what what did that look like for you, right? Knowing that you've got to keep this place running, did you were you like, I'm already going to be in the red if I do this? What went into that decision? Well, bottom line is this. My, my personal philosophy is like money comes and goes, but your reputation, your personal reputation, like, you can't, you could never compromise that. You know, um, I, you know, I do a lot of real estate investing. So with that being said, um, whenever I'm meeting an investor, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to Google me, see who I am, X, Y, Z. And like, I didn't, I did not want to risk. I did not want to risk someone um, putting something on the, in the internet, you know, um, about some, you know, a three thousand dollar down payment that might that might one day compromise a half a million dollar deal. So I was in, in the position, especially especially back in 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 March, you know, when um, everything was going crazy. You know, um, I had I had construction projects going on, and the banks weren't weren't giving me the money. Mm. Like they, they straight just wasn't giving it to me. Like um, I had a project that I was working on on Green Avenue and I had a, um, it's a rehab job. So it's just like, you're supposed to do X amount of work. And once you do X amount of work, um, they're supposed to give you your money. And, um, but the banks knowing what went on in 2008, um, like with all this crazy going on, um, they, they weren't giving me the money that, that, that I needed. Um, tenants, tenants stopped paying, <laughs> you know, so, um, little by little by little, you know, the, the pot kept getting smaller and smaller, but I really, I really believe that this was, um, an opportunity and I just had to stop, stop and take a look and, um, really reassess and try to figure out how I was going to make this work. You know, um, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made um, well, I've made a million of them, but one of them that sticks in my head is um, I had this place called Law 676. It was an event space in um, Manhattan that I that I got into a, a lease. I got into like a 10 year lease for, for like a 3000 square foot space in um, a 3000 square foot space in Soho that I was doing events out of and um, I got to I got to be for the community and um, community board and all that other stuff. And they said I couldn't do events in there. Now I had this lease that was probably about 60, 60% below market. And, mm. and I was so fixated. I was so fixated on having the event space. And when I couldn't do that, I just walked away from it. And I didn't realize that I had another asset. And it had, I just took a moment just to stop, think, look all around me and try to figure something out. So, when everything started going crazy this time around um, last March, that's exactly what I did. 
um, I stopped, I looked to see what was going on and um, tried to, I tried to figure out how, how I was going to make it worse. Cause you know, life is always balanced, right? So when this goes down, this goes up, you know what I'm saying? And, and if you're, if you're just looking at this going down, you're not even looking at this going up. It, it doesn't, you don't win. So um, around that time, around that time, the stock market crashed mm-hmm. big time, big time. So um, I, I made the decision that one of two things were going to happen. Um, this, this would either rebound or this pandemic would kill half the population and we'd be going back to like Planet of the Apes, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just like, well, I'm betting on us. I'm betting on humanity. So I started putting every, every, everything that I had into the stock market, you know? So I was buying, I was buying um, Apple at its all time, at its lows. I was buying Tesla. I was at buying, I, I went heavy on Amazon, you know? Um, I went super duper heavy on Amazon because um, I started thinking, oh, people aren't going out. People are going to be delivering this, that, the other. Maybe I should look at the Amazon. So I, I pumped a whole lot of money into Amazon. And that that money that I did, you know, started, you know, doubling and tripling and stuff like that. And I was able to use that money to cover to cover the um, cover the people that I was returning funds to plus plus cover the rents that weren't being paid and so forth. So, so I, I want to talk, talk about, about the, the psyche, psyche of someone, someone who does, does that. that. Because you would think if you have resources that are dwindling, you've got to refund all this money, you have tenants who aren't paying their bills, that you would hold on to what you have, right? People don't want to roll the dice. They don't want to gamble because they're like, I'm already bleeding money. I can't then put money into something that I might not get back. So, like, what is it about the way that you approach risk and your appetite for risk that allowed you to do that and be able to really sleep at night? Um, well, one of the, I don't know where I heard this, but um, somebody once said to me, the beauty about this country is that there's no debtor's prison, right? <laughs> right? So, um, it's not like old, old school England, like if you don't pay your bills, they put you in the stockade and until, until your debts are paid, or some family pays your debts, stuff like that. I really, um, there's this Jay-Z line um, that says, I'd rather, I'd rather live, uh, um, no, I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's always in the back of my mind. It's just like, I, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to just get by. So um, I'm going to always do, do the extra work, take the risk, take the chance to calculate the risk. Mm-hmm. You know? Because I was, I was a believer that things would come back. I didn't know that they would come back as fast. You know, it, you know, there's. I didn't have a crystal ball or anything like that to know that. You know, by, by, um, by, you know, um, June, July, that the, the market would be rocking and rolling the way it was. Um, I just, I just remembered back in 2008, um, things, things were just as grim, and then like a year or two later, it got better. So. That was that was basically that was basically my thought. I was just like, look, um, if what I what I have is not enough to keep me going anyway, mm. so I'm, I might as well take that chance. Bet on myself. Bet bet on 
on my analysis, bet on my belief, bet on um, wh what I know, what I what I know is going to happen. You know, not hope. You know, because everything is cyclical. Mm -hmm. So um, that's when I jumped it. So um, real estate slowed up. Got out. Of, you know, got out of that in that capacity for, for for the time being. So I wasn't out there chasing deals. Um, like I wasn't doing any of that. Um, I, I chose, I saw something, I saw something that was, de that depreciated. So that's what I did. So thinking about the property that you unloaded, because there was all this talk about people fleeing New York, never to return, like yeah. professionals, folks with money competing, putting offers on our houses, sight unseen in other places, because now we're moving to a remote option, even when COVID is over for a lot of folks, their companies. So how did you make the decision to start unloading property in a place where people were like, it's not worth what it what it was before because people are leaving? Luckily, two of the deals that I unloaded in 2020 were in contract prior to March. Mm. Right. Um, I had one guy who tried to get out of who tried to um, get out of it. Um, and I ended up giving him like a, like maybe a 2% concession to keep the deal going. Okay. Know? But, um, he was, he was a piece of work anyway. So, um, just figured I'd just give him some money, keep the deal going. Um, that, that, that brought a little bit of liquidity to my back to me to help me, um, which I dumped into the market, which I paid people back with, which kept me afloat. Um, cause I had to also subsidize some rents. You know, one of the things that I could not do, even when people were, were paying, I could not compromise my credit. Right. You know, so um, I also took advantage um, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of the um, the residential real estate that I had. I went into forbearance. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a lot, they they didn't force me to. Well, they not that they didn't force me, but they put me into for, forbearance plans where. Um, I didn't, some of these things, I didn't start paying them back until March uh, of 2021. Mm -hmm. So I had all, I had all that, you know, um, what else? That was it. That was it on, on the financial side. Um, later, um, later in the game, um, cause as I was doing the stocks, um, I was doing the stocks in the interim. Um, somebody put me on to, to cryptocurrency, um, and that's a whole other beast. Which a lot of people still don't even understand. <laughs> um, yeah. Oof. That's that's a that's a beast in itself. Mm hmm You know, um, but like one one you know, your brother your brother had called me the pivot king earlier. Yes. Uh, uh, but you gotta, you know, um, you gotta always keep your eyes open to see what the next thing is and not not necessarily to, to jump from thing to thing but um i have um i have some of, of my partners um that that so they have the blinders on you know and they're not looking to see what opportunities are are to the left and the right they're not aligning themselves with um with different different types of thought leaders, you know, like if they're real estate people, they're surrounded by real estate people, you know, they're in their middle aged in their late forties, early fifties. That's, that's who they hang with. You know, um, I, I'm blessed to surround myself with, um, you know, guys in their twenties, thirties, you know, um, different, different ethnicities, 
different fields of special specialization, um, which helped me, mm-hmm. you know, which helped me um, see things from a different angle, sometimes a different perspective. Because had had I kept my same train of thought, had I been doing the thing, had I been doing um, things the way I knew how to do them, I would have drowned. You know what I'm saying? I would have drowned. Um, my reputation would have been, you know, um, would have been done because Jude Bernard of uh, maybe five, five, ten years ago would have been like, hey, the contract says, <laughs> you know, but it's like you got to you got to live and learn because it's it's really at the end of this day, this life is all about your relationships. Mm hmm. And one relationship propels you to the next, to the next, to the next, and that's how that's how you connect. So, so like you, you can't get up here um, if if you if the um, the the ladder of, of relationships is not solid down here because um, your name is mentioned whether you're in the room or out the room. It's what people say about you. Um, that there are things people say about you that you'll never know. Absolutely, and I think it's important to mention that having relationships with people who are in other fields or who have a different level of success and wealth, it doesn't necessarily mean that those are relationships that you can leverage to get to get money directly from them when you're in a bind, right? That's not necessarily the case. I think sometimes people view those relationships like, well, maybe they can bail me out in this instance. Sometimes it's just they have a 50,000 foot view and they're able to say, listen, I've been there or here's what I think you should consider. And the advice and the guidance is worth more than a loan could ever be. You know, um, true story. I, I purchased my house in New Jersey um, back in 2000 and 2006. And, you know, I was there for 15 years. I just sold in 2021. And the property that I was going to buy in Brooklyn um, quadrupled in price. Whereas the property that I bought in Jersey only went up 10% in value. And I was sitting, I was sitting down with one of my boys and we were going through the numbers and he was just like, yo, you, you made a mistake on that one. And then I had to remind him of, of the events that we've had at my house where I, where I met and I had a conversation with so-and-so and so-and-so introduced me to this person and this person um, hooked me up with that person. And then that, this deal got made or, or um, I didn't know about this, but, but the person that I met at the house that time, um, you know, so it's like, you can't, you know, you can't always um, compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Sometimes you have to take a look at the apple um, that you traded, that you traded for, for a pear, then you, then you traded that pear for a grape, and now, now you ended up with a watermelon. You know, absolutely. If that makes any sense. I think yes. I'm on that one. <laughs> no, no, it makes perfect sense. But what prompted you to get out of Jersey? Um, well, it's 40 minutes every day, 40 minutes um, twice a day. Right. Um, so that's that's like eight hours a week, more than that, probably. Um, and then uh, at the end of the day, like when I when I bought that house, I was like in my early 30s. And it was like, it was cool. Like my boys used to come down and hang out all the time. We'd be at the pool doing this, that, the other. But as life, as life changes, you know, everybody has wife and kids and stuff like that. Um, and, and the fun house, you know, having the fun house is not as important 
you know, like, to, you know, people don't come to watch the game every Sunday anymore. And um, so it, as much as I'm going to miss it, the memories and stuff like that, I think it's, it's better for me to um, actually be in the community that I'm grounded in, that I'm mm-hmm. situated, you know, um, like, um, like I, I love Brooklyn, you know, and, you know, I love the people here. I love being a, um, a part of the community. And there are little, you know, little conversations that, that you have going to the grocery store or walking down the block or stuff like that, you know, like it's all, it's all part of the game, you know? So if, if I'm going to be in this community, I guess I need to be in this community. Mm-hmm. So going back to your, your ownership of property still in the community, you know, I think there was a headline just this week that the average rent in New York is down 21% or something. Um, you know, just given the, the the flight that I was talking about earlier. So what are your sentiments as a landlord looking ahead to, yes, we're, we're getting to a point where the world is opening back up, things are approaching some form of normalcy, but but how do you feel about continuing to, to own rental property when the rents are, are decreasing in New York? So can I give you, can I keep it a hundred with you? From of course, of course. So um, I've been, I've been investing in different things, right? Um, different businesses, different, different, like whether it's stock or the small businesses, whether it is cryptocurrency and what I've been doing with my, um, with, you know, with the returns of my investment, instead of, you know, buying a gold chain, I've been paying my mortgages down. Mm-hmm. So um, the goal, the goal is by, you know, 2022 to have, more properties free and clear. Mm. So although the rents are going down, but without a mortgage, it's just more that's the cash flow, the cash flow um actually increases. This is why I love you, Jim, because you always have a different vantage point. <laughs> you know, so um and also one of the things that I, that I've always done is I'm very big on on tenant reta- retainment retention. You know, um, so my my rents were already were, were never at the top of the market anyway. Mm. You know, like I love having my tenants thinking that they're getting over, you know, like because like I prefer I prefer to um, take 15 percent, 10 percent less on the rent and, and never increase your rent. than have you have you feel entitled to, to call me for a light bulb that's out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when somebody's paying, when, when somebody's paying $1,600 or $1,700 for a $2,100 apartment, they'd be quiet as a mouse. True. <laughs> especially, especially if they know that their lease is up. But, you know, like their lease goes, uh, their lease is up and they're like, oh, he didn't say nothing. Let me not say nothing. Cause he don't, he must've forgot. So I'm not going to remind him. You know, I'm not going to start asking for stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so that's my mentality, you know, um, let, you know, um, let them, let them feel that they're getting a value. And in turn, what happens is um, it just frees you up, frees my day, frees my day up so that I can see opportunities because uh, there, there's no real money. There's no real big money in New York City rental rentals, you know, it, it's like um, the, the, the money is in the property values. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like you make your money when you sell, you know, um, you, you go out, you buy three or four family building right now. If, if you can clear a thousand dollars, $1,500 a month, you, you're killing it in New, wow. York, in, in New York city right now, you know, because the price of the properties are so high, mm-hmm. but they, they increase exponentially as well. So that's where the money's at, you know, like to me, um, to me, all my tenants, all I really want my tenants to do is to maintain, maintain the, um, the expenses of the building until I'm ready to sell. Mm. So, so, so all you're doing is, is making sure that my initial investment, my initial investment, um, I don't have to, I don't have to come out of pocket any, anymore until I'm ready to cash it in. So you, you play the long game clearly, right? But you, you mentioned something that, that I want to dig into a little bit, and that is getting profits and putting them into, you know, paying down the, the mortgage on the property that you have, as opposed to, to flashy things. And one of the things I think a lot of particularly black folks struggle with is reaching a certain level of success and feeling like the material things that they have have to reflect that for them to command a certain level of respect for people to understand kind of the way they're moving and shaking. They've got to have certain appearances, the, the jewelry, the, the level of clothes, the car, you know, all of that. Have you ever fallen into that, though? Of course. I, I used to light the club up. <laughs> I, I used to light the club up. Um, you know, I've, I've had it all, you know, Mercedes, Lexus, BMWs, Jaguars, you know, big house in Jersey, you know, this, that, the other. I've had it all. Uh, but, you know, what I've learned is that my core, the things that I really care about, um, the, the people that I really care about, um, it doesn't matter to them, you know, like um, my inner circle, um, my inner circle doesn't matter if I made a million dollars on a deal today um, and I, and I'm wearing, and I'm wearing, uh, you know, uh, a $25,000 watch, you know, they'll, they'll, t- they'll still snap on me the same way or, or they'll, you know, saying they'll still love me the same way. And the people, and the people who are impressed by that, by the car, the rims, the, the, the chain, the watch and stuff like that. Um, those are not the people I want attention from, mm. you know what I'm saying? So it, it comes, it, there comes a time in your life where, um, it's just like, what's important to you. Right. Um, like I could go on about this philosophy that I have that, um, like, like black men, right. Were, t- were taught to, to believe that, um, the, the, the two currencies that we have to stack up on is um, like women, women and 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 um, things, right? And those are you know those are two things that that you 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 know like you. But if you look at the music, if you look at the videos, you look at the streets and stuff like that. Those are things that that they're they're telling you yo you got to go and get, but. Um, there comes there, there comes a point in your life when you you look at those things when you've had when you've had the women you've had the material things and and you're still sitting in the bed like this like, why am I here what, what's my purpose and and what um what um how am I impacting how am I making this world better how how am I making my my family better how am I making my friends better how am I making myself better you know like um, Rolex don't do that 
You know, um, I had, I don't know if we touched on this, but before, did I tell you a story about the Range Rover? I don't <laughs> think so. Let's go into it. Go ahead. So um, I was showing, I was showing a, um, a high profile person some properties. I was going on a property tour with them of some of my properties. And I, and I had a um, Honda CRV. And um, like, so we, we walked to a couple and I was like, all right, let's get in my car and I'll, and I'll take you to the other. And she looked at my car and gave my car like, like my dirty little Honda CRV, the side eye. You know, this is somebody, you know, reality TV producer, this, that, whatever, whatever. And she gave my car such a side eye, right? So I, the next day, I went out and I copped like a hundred and sixty thousand dollar Range Rover. <laughs> the next day, from a Honda to a Range. Yeah, just like you know, just like yo, I'll take that one. Well, th- that week, yeah, that week I went out and I copped a Range, and then uh, I was driving. I was driving a Range for like, uh, it's just. I was like, yo, this doesn't make me happy. Like um, this, like I was expecting the same feeling of euphoria that I had when I was 22 and I got the Benz or when I was 25 and I got the convertible. And I was thinking that this, this was going to give me that, that feeling that I had, that I, that I remembered. And it didn't. And I was just like, yo, yo, what's, what's up? Like, how come, how come I don't feel, how come I don't feel it? You know, I just dropped all this money for this car and I don't feel it. So I took it back. Mm. You know, I took it back. I took the hit and I took it back. Um, and then I started looking at some of the things that did make me give me that feeling. So um, there's this every every Thanksgiving we do this um, thing, this church giveaway. And last last year, like the line literally went around the corner mm-hmm. and and we had shut the block down. And, you know, we had a DJ, you know what I'm saying, keeping the crowd going, like the police and the, the people were dancing in the streets and it like, and, and that feeling, that feeling, that, that feeling that I had when, it was like the feeling that I had when I got my first Benz at 22 mm-hmm. on steroids. So it's just like, the, so it's like the, the currency, the currency for happiness has changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like there are certain things that just make me feel different and, and I don't need a lot of money for it. You know, um, like I have, I have my goddaughter like on, on certain day, you know, like she comes over and we hang out, we talk, we talk smack and, and this, that, the other, she says something silly, this, that, the other, I am high. I am high, um, for like whatever. Um, the last time she came, we were at the house, like she was sitting, she was sitting on on um, one couch, and I was sitting on the other couch, and she was falling asleep, and she was falling asleep, and she came over, and she, you know, kind of laid down and put her head on my shoulders. I mean, on on my, on, on my um, legs and fell asleep, and I was like, "Yo, this is dope," you mm-hmm. know, like the, the feeling. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, like I've been in the club. I, I done, I done, bought, I done ran up the three thousand dollar bar tab, um, and and had you know and and got attention from people who don't who don't care about me right you know, who don't love me who don't you know what i'm saying um who uh, like it doesn't matter you know 
I was talking to, I was talking to, I don't you probably know him, Ouija Theodore, who owns the Brooklyn Circus. Mm-hmm. And um, he was telling me, yo, I don't know how, how, um, how you're so brave and you write down whatever you feel like on, uh, on, on, um, on social media. Like, I can't do it. I was just like, yo, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? This is my personal diary. I'm just, I'm just writing it down. It's like um, the people, the people who could judge or or feel away and stuff like that. They have no impact on me. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they have no control. They cannot change my life. You know, not directly at least. You know, so it's just priorities and and your and your values and things just change. You know, so, but you have to go through it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to go through it, you know. Like I remember, I I remember um, driving driving a, a Ferrari in Miami um, with with the top down, you know. what I'm saying blasting Jay Z, <laughs> blasting Jay Z. Um, I remember that. You know, what I'm saying like that that was then. You know, I, I remember, I remember those trips to Vegas and, 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 um, taking helicopter, helicopter rides just because that, that was then, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you got to go through it. Mm-hmm. You, you got to do it till you don't want to do it no more. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's the same thing, um, with all the other vices that people have, um, whether, um, whether it's, it's drugs, alcohol, women, gambling, you're going to do it until you don't want to do it anymore. Like, as a, I used to be a gambler. I woke up one day, I didn't want to do it anymore. It didn't work for me anymore. Mm-hmm. But until I was mature and until I was ready to walk away from it, it didn't make any sense. It, didn't, it did not, um, I, would, I would continue to fail at um, trying to stop something that I was not ready to do, that I had not matured to. So... Um, the only thing, you know, I feel that it's my responsibility and, you know, other people's responsibility, um, is to put the information out there, um, to spark that thought into other people and hopefully, and hopefully the, um, maturation or, or, um, or the, um, the growth might, might happen a little earlier. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't tell, I can't tell a, um, a 20 year old, hey, look, um, what you need to do is you need to put 50%, 60% of every, every dollar you make into an investments and, and leave the girls and leave the parties and leave all that stuff alone. And it's, it's gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like 15 years from now, you're, you're gonna have the greatest life ever. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell him that. But what I can do is I could show him and I could give him examples and I could help him. Um, I could process with him and, and help him like do this balancing thing, you know, in time, he'll, he'll see it. And I think because we're in the social media age, so much of, we all like nice things. We all like to have a good time, but so much of it is optics too. The appearance of living the best life possible, the appearance of residing in luxury, the re- appearance of being able to, afford any and everything. And and the gag is that a lot of the people that you're aspiring to they fronting. <laughs> big time. They fronting. Like um uh, true story. Um I had a I had a girlfriend one time 
not not a girlfriend, girlfriend, but like one of my girlfriends came over and she had a whole group of girls with her. They, they were hanging out by the pool. And I came in and I said, hello, how you doing? This, that, the other. And I went about my business. And then I went on social, I went on social media and I saw, I saw, um, I saw a picture of the group of girls, at, you know, by my pool, but they had filters and they was arched and this, that, the other. And I said, whoa, those ain't the girls that's outside. <laughs> that ain't them. So I'm like looking at the picture and I'm looking outside. I'm looking at the picture. I'm looking at, I was like, nah, son, you friend. How do they do that? But seriously, it's like 27 takes. You got to get it just right. Just and, right. And I, I see it all. I see it all the time. You know, um, like, Somebody, some dude I barely even knew one time called me up and asked me um, if if he could borrow a watch. I was just like, I was like, huh? Yeah, I was like, I want to borrow. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing a photo shoot and this, that, the other. I, I like, okay, but <laughs> not a watch though. But okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 okay. If 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 that's going to make a difference. You know, but we all live in the world of optics, but it's just like, um, you know, like I think, what was it like in the 90s when when the Matrix came out, the red pill or the blue pill? Mm -hmm. Still questioning that shit. Right. Yeah. It's true. It's, It's true. But to the piece about educating, I think that's a great segue because you appeared on Earn Your Leisure and that episode really took on a life of its own and you've become... You know, we we use this term a lot, an influencer, but an influencer in the right way, right? And educating people about finances and real estate. I I saw a recent post you did about the cost of lumber tripling. And as someone who bought a house a year ago and had to do renovations and the way that changed the budget for like what had to be done on this house. So like I felt the pain of that. But but you really are giving people pulling the curtain back on the numbers, the dollars and cents of a lot of these games. So like, how did that happen? I mean, were you shocked that people just like you developed this following off of an appearance? It, it's funny because um, like if you go back, if you go back like two years, three years, five years, um, my content has always been the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there's a line that says you was who you was when you got here. Right. Um, like I don't I don't feel that anything has changed, but it's just um, the way the world, the way the world is right now, that somebody, since I was co-signed as being, right. I, I was co-signed by being legit. Um, all of a sudden there's a following and people take it seriously. I had a, I had a zoom meeting a couple of weeks ago and some girl, you know, I was talking to real estate and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I was telling her about entry points and exit points and percentages and X, Y, Z. And, and she asked me what my social media was, what my, so, you know, what was my IG? She wanted, she wanted to see, um, you know, what my following was like. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, you have 10K plus. All right, you legit. And, I, and then I, I was just like, so the information I was giving you prior to you verifying by the number of people that follow um, was not legit until... Until, until you validated me as a person, you know what I'm saying? By um by by seeing how many people f- 
Fala. And I was like, okay, that, that's, that's cool. But yeah, it, 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 it's good that I have um, a bigger audience, a bigger platform, um, but I try to stay consistent. I try to, I try to be authentic. I try to keep it real. Keeping it real. You hear that? That's keeping it real. That's keeping it yes. real. <laughs> this is like taking us back to our old days of doing the show. And like, it was always sirens in the background for sure. Exactly. So yeah, you're keeping us close to our roots. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully not pop off outside, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it was important. For, it's important for me to always be authentic because at the end, at the end of the day, you can lie to everybody, but you can't lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I got to look at myself. I got to look at myself um, in the mirror and be comfortable with the person that I am. Um, And you know, what's crazy is I know people who have reached unimaginable levels of success and don't even have 200 followers online. That's just the crazy part. Like we equate that with legitimacy, this online presence. And there are so many people doing so many amazing things who, you know, are not making, making a lot of noise on the internet. Um, Yeah. Somebody once said, um, "You could talk about it or be about it." You know, <laughs> most of, most of the times you you you're, you're too busy being about it than to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I try I try to um, I try to be about it and 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 talk about it in in a way where I can inspire and 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 not only inspire. And there's a little selfish there's a little selfish part of this too. Could I I figure the more people that I inspire and put on, um, the bigger my network is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, um, like that. Um, all my friends for the last week, week and a half, there's this one particular crypto that I've been telling everybody, yo, buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this. And um, and um, another friend of mine asked me, yo, why are you putting it, why are you making sure why you why are you putting everybody onto this? You know, I was just like, yo, the more money they make, the more money they have to invest in my next deal. <laughs> you know, I'm with it. You know, so it's just like the more, and that that's that's the um, that's that's the way the um, a lot of the, the strong financial communities do it. Whether it is the the Jewish, the Asian, the Latinos. Like they're they're very big in circulating that money within within the realm of their community because eventually it falls back to you and back mm-hmm. back to you um, when you when when you don't circulate it when you don't circulate the money into your community that money's gone that information is gone it doesn't it it does it'll, it'll never come back to you you know so um, a lot of these come and and it's not just one sided either. Because, um, as I was saying, I keep talking about crypto because that's my new thing. But um, I got put onto that by people that I was putting onto real estate. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, "Yo, OG, let me tell, let me put you onto this." Right. <laughs> you know, so that's it's important. It's cyclical. You know, like you have to, you have to invest. You know. Um, like people, when people think um, investment, when when they when they think investment, the first thing that they think about is putting money into something, right? But like I personally, um, whenever there, whenever 
whenever my initial thought about investment, the first thing I think about is investing within myself, mm-hmm. right? Like how can I, you know, what can I do? What could I um, put, put um, time or resources to make myself better? Then I think about investing, investing into people, you know, because that too is going to come back to me. That too, you know what I'm saying? So I, I make you, be- you and I have a relationship. I make you better. You therefore will make me better somehow. Absolutely. Because um, I, you know, um, I put you on, you're able to have conversations, you know, a conversation with people that when I'm not around, that's going to give you information and then you're going to come and give that information back to me. For sure. But it has to start somewhere. That's a good word. So, so we've been asking everyone this question who comes on for these check-ins. We're, we're reaching some change in terms of the restrictions that we have. And, you know, they're talking about if you're vaccinated, you can take the mask off and all of that. But when we get to the point where events return, things settle a bit, we have some normalcy, we reach herd immunity, if that's even possible. What's the first thing you're doing? (sighs) Traveling the way that I the way that I like to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I I traveled a little bit during the pandemic, you know, but it, it, it didn't hit the same, you know. We, you know, you know, um, all the black people, we all went to Tulum. <laughs> really? Black people really latched on to Tulum during this whole course. I was not one of those people. I was hearing about Tulum probably maybe three years ago. Um, and, but it wasn't us who was telling me about it. And then all of a sudden, like everybody was there. Everybody taking that picture with the, with that. (laughs) (laughs) But even, you know, like I want to, there's some big trips that I want to do and I want to be able to do them comfortably, you know? Um, cause again, not that I'm an old man, but like the older you get, the more, um, important experiences are to you and then making mem- memories with the people you care about. So um, I'm gonna, I want to travel a little bit more. I want to start hosting events, hosting events again. You know, um, the March 9th, um, 2020, um, funny enough, I, I had um, my biggie party. Mm. I have my annual biggie party and that was like the last party um, before the world shut down. That I had like a thousand people in the 4040 club. And um I want to do stuff like that again. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't we didn't do it this year, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I thought it would be kind of whack if I um tried to do it virtually. Right. <laughs> so I want to do stuff like that. I want to have I want to have people here at the bank. I want to do brunches and stuff like that. So I want I want to see my friends. I want to hug them. It's it's crazy to me that some of the people I care about the most I haven't seen in 15 months, 16 months. It's it's wild. And, you know, it's like, how much of this? <laughs> the elbow bump. Right. Right. No, I want a hug. You know what I'm saying? I want a hug. Um, I there were a couple funerals that I went to and and it was like it just wasn't there. The hugs and the you know what I'm saying, like it. It wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going to be human. I like that. I think this this year, this past year, and some change has really taught me the importance of human connection. 
and, and intimacy on a lot of different levels, right? And and when you when you remove that from the equation, the toll that it takes on our emotional well-being and our health and our and our mental well-being, I don't think I really understood that before or or appreciate had an appreciation for it in the way that I do now, that we've all just been sort of isolated for all this time. Yeah, it like it's it's depression. It's mm-hmm. depression. And um I had to I had to make a conscious because like there are a lot of things that a, a lot of activities that I just can't partake partake in um any until the the world opens back up. And it's just like, hmm. So my option is to eat. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's just not it's not healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not, but I I promised myself, I realized like my knees were feeling way different than they did a year ago. And, you know, so the, this, the grazing and the modified uh, fitness plan by modified, I mean, the non-existent one that I had for a period of months, like that season is over. I'm like, okay, it's time to really, really get back on the health plan here because I, I feel I've been fortunate as we were talking about before we pressed record, fortunate to have stayed healthy in the last year, but my body is still not as healthy as it was uh, pre-quarantine, given just sedentary lifestyle and the different eating and all of that. So yeah, I'm, I'm back on my focus plan now. Yeah. So it's, it's very important. You, you gotta, you gotta, you, it's all about loving you, right? So you gotta invest in yourself and love yourself and, and do all the things that you have to do, um, to move forward. So health, health as well. So before I let you get out of here, where can people find you online? You can find me on the gram. I'm at Mr. Jude Bernard at um, mr.judebernard um, or you could hit me on the email jude at the brooklynbank.com awesome well it was great checking in I feel like we'll be talking offline and exchanging some information but for now thank you so much for continuing to be just a supporter of the show and such a valued member of the December 26er family I really enjoyed this check in appreciate you to our listeners you know what to do if you like this share, comment, tell somebody about it, promote the show. We know we are nothing without you, our audience, our December 26th, our family. Follow Jude. He's dropping all kinds of gems on the internet. So make sure you check in with him. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER. 